Today's episode of the Theater People Podcast is brought to you by TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Hey, theater people, just a quick announcement before we get to today's show. So we are, in fact, doing a September live show. Yay! We're not quite ready to announce the guest, but I can tell you that it's going to be super exciting. We'll be announcing the guest with a link to the $12 tickets in this week's newsletter. So if you want to be the first to have a crack at getting tickets, head over to our website and subscribe. Our website, of course, is theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. And there's a space to sign up right at the top of the homepage. The show will be held Monday, September 19th at 7 p.m. in the Cabaret Theater at the Duplex in the West Village. The show is 18 plus, And that's about all I have to tell you. Okay, now to the show. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. Working so hard, I'm punching my car. Eight hours for what? Who oh, tell me what I got? You guys, I'm gonna use a word I don't think I've ever used before to describe a guest on our show. Are you ready? Debonair. That's right, you heard me. Today's guest, Jeremy Kushner, is best described as debonair. He's handsome and charming, and he has one of those, like, gorgeous, deep voices. And he's funny and humble, and he's just, he's one of those guys that has really great, insightful stories and ideas, and you could just, like, talk to him for hours. My friend Mo Brady at the Ensemblist podcast always teases me that we never have men on the show. And it's true, of course, the ratio of female to male guests on Theater People is something like 6,000 to 1 at this point. But I'll tell you, when we do get men on the show, we get the best men. Anyway, Jeremy made his Broadway debut in the starring role of Ren McCormick in the 1998 production of Footloose. The story, by the way, of how he got that job will knock your socks off. He went on to star in Rent, Jersey Boys, and the stunning 2012 revival of Jesus Christ Superstar, in which he understudied both Jesus and Judas. And yes, we talk about how on earth he was able to pull that off. He was also recently seen in the New York Company of Sheer Madness. Do you guys know this show? It's sort of an improv-y whodunit. It's hilarious, and we talk all about it. And he can currently be seen starring in Cirque du Soleil's first-ever Broadway show, Paramore, at the Lyric Theater. I loved talking to this guy. Here's our conversation. And in your arms, Jeremy Kushner. Hey, how you doing? I'm excellent. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, hi, welcome. Congratulations on Paramore. Thank you very much. So you came into Paramore like right before it opened. Yes. Like uh, a couple weeks? Two weeks before. Well, two weeks before we started previewing. Yeah. And so how was it? I mean, it's a huge, beautiful, but like very elaborate production that I'm assuming is kind of different from from stuff you've done before with, you know, working with all the, the gymnasts and acrobatics and all that. Yeah, working with the acrobatics is definitely something that I've not done before. How uh, was it to come into a show like that, like so close to having to like perform in front of real humans? I mean, I guess you just look at every... Uh, Everything that is in front of you as, you know, the next sort of hurdle that you have to jump, the next sort of job that you have to take, the next sort of thing that you have to learn. And, and some things are harder than others and some things you have to work work more at than others. But 
I sort of look at them all like challenges. And this was, you know, a harder challenge than some just for the amount of yeah. of work that I had to do. Um, but luckily, I've, I've had in the past couple of years a couple of shows that were really, really hard. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of work to learn. So... It, it didn't phase me as much. I just sort of went in every day and went, okay, this is what I have to accomplish today. And this is what I have to accomplish the next day. You know, not looking at it like, oh, crap, we open in two weeks. I mean, that, it's so interesting because, like, being a non-actor, like, you're a person who has such an incredible, like, body of work behind you that I I can understand how, from your point of view, it's like, okay, this is daunting, but I'm just going to do it. Because when I was, I was doing the research on this, I was thinking, like, literally, how did you take your script and learn all of that dialogue in, in two weeks? You just do. I mean, you just... I mean, a number one, that's, you know, that's you have one job. I've got the job of learning the words, right? right. So yeah. you just learn them. Uh, uh, there's, you know, I have a couple of different techniques on how I do it. Um, but the, the most of it is you just have to do it. But I, I sort of try to take, I've been trying to take this approach in my life as much as in my work, you know, like as opposed to the amount of energy that we, that we expend every day worrying about the things that we have to do or worrying about the things that are going to fail or worrying. If we just put that same energy into actually doing it or trying to do it, you would, you would be like Lin-Manuel accomplished. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Like the amount of time we waste worrying is, is all time that we could be spending trying. That's so interesting. There was this meme going around the internet like a couple months ago that said, um, you have the same hours in the day as Lin-Manuel. Did you see that? Yeah. It kind of hits home. No, it's totally true. And it's, Absolutely true, but you know, if you really look at that in your everyday life, because it's you know, life sucks and then you die. Yeah, yeah. So you just if you work at it and you and you you enjoy yourself and you do the things that you want to do and you try the things that you want to try and you work at the things you want to work at, then you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's it's really more of a uh, you know, it's really more of a uh, of a trip anyway than a destination for me. So I, I enjoy the creation. I enjoy building the shows um once they're built it's still fun i love performing them but really to me the fun is making these new things and 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 being involved with other creative people that are making new things and um so you just i just sort of apply that to the rest of my life yeah well let's talk about that a little bit because i I was thinking i'm assuming that your rehearsal process or or even just the experience of being in the room with these particular creatives must have been different than other shows that you've worked on well for sure i mean the just in in so much as you know, technically the way that you, the way that even what they call rehearsals, when you build a Cirque show, they call it um, the creation. So it's, it's more of, yeah. So it's more of a, uh, it's, it's, you know, different than what I'm used to as far as the way, uh, you know, a musical or a play gets put together. A number one, because they have these acrobatic acts that they not only have to create and learn, but then they have to also make sure that they, they they're safe to do eight times a week. So it's not just, you know, it's great for me to be able to go out and sing, you know, a high A and and do that. And I can just sort of, they can go, can you sing an A today? And I go, yeah, okay. And you <laughs> go on stage and you sing an A. And there's not really any fear that I'm going to like die if mm-hmm. I don't hit it. Right. It, you might look like an idiot for three seconds if you don't hit it, but you're not going to die. Whereas, you know, the things that these people are doing, it's like, okay, so now what we would like you to do is like jump from the top of that stairs. And that guy down there, you see, can you see how, yeah, he's going to catch you. Uh, like, uh, okay. <laughs> so can you do that tonight? So they don't do that. They go, right. okay, so now we're going to work on this and we're going to make sure that it's safe. And then one, by the time they get to the end of the creation, all of these things have been worked and are safe and um, are what they call validated. They have to validate all these tricks to make sure that they're safe and that the lights aren't going to screw with them and that they're not going to get hurt. Right. Because, you know, in the end, the, the, the difference between this and almost all other shows that are on Broadway right now is l- literally people are putting their lives 
at risk. You know, it's interesting to talk about that because, if, you know, I know you're not the director or the conceiver of the project, but, you know, just I'm as not. A, <laughs> maybe you are. Damn I should have it. done better research. Uh, yeah. But it must be a fine line to walk. And maybe you can maybe you can approach this from just somebody who sees it happen every night too. the experience of enjoying the show versus worrying about the performers. Oh, I've lost years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> years. You know, because it's, it's one a good thing. thing you look at salt and pepper. Yeah. It's one thing to like imagine like if your job was to ride roller coasters every day. That's what it's sort of like. You, like you go to a you go to an amusement park and you get on the scary ride that makes your heart jump into your chest. It makes your heart jump out of your chest and your stomach is up in your throat. And that's cool. You do that like once a year or twice a year. Or if you're crazy, you go like every other weekend yeah. during the summer. But like, but you don't do it as your job eight times a week. And it's the same thing when you go and see a Cirque show. You see like this this girl being flung between a guy on a trapeze and a guy on a floor, and they're throwing each other around and and. And you see that once and you go, oh, my God. Yeah. Or you see these two, you know, that are the Atherton twins swing out over the audience and they're doing these amazing acts of, 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 of bravery and, 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 and like acts of holding each other by the fingernails. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And you see it once you go, oh, my God. And you get to go home and like then go and do go to your accounting job or, or you know, <laughs> right. or, or run or run your corporation, whatever it is. But we have to be there every night standing underneath them watching this. And, and, and it truly never really you never really get deadened to it. Really? You're, you know, it's like it's in your throat every day because it's it's also live. So it's not like these guys aren't robots. So things happen. Yeah. They have to adjust. They're sore or something happens or somebody slips a little bit. And it, it, every night it's something. Have you seen a close call? Sure. I mean, every single time they're out there, it's a close call. Yeah. Um, the good thing is, is they are literally superheroes. Right. These people, you know, the, the, the people that we work with, A, number one, it's made me try to get in shape um <laughs> at 40 i finally decided it's time maybe to like eat better and go right. to the gym um but the you know the, it, they're also human so they're they have to not only rely on themselves but they're also relying on equipment on apparatus they're they're relying on trampolines and and teeter boards and and ropes and things and, and we have such a great crew that takes such good care of it but it takes one thing to be wrong or one thing to be a little bit off or or the wind to be blowing the wrong way or, you know, a, a lighting call to be called at the wrong time to yeah. sort of throw you. And and it could all go horribly wrong. So luckily we are in a position where we have the best people on both sides of the stage working and, and, and really taking care of all these people. And um, But, you know, it's something that is constantly on our minds now the other t- the other thing is is we are, we're also trying to tell a story right too, right of course. So, so we're 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 saddled with like okay so great you're scared good now <laughs> now you got to go and tell these this two-hour story about right. you know aj and 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 um and indigo and and um joey and this love triangle so then there's also that yeah now do you i'm trying to remember because i saw the show before you went out to make your movie do you do do you do stunts in the show? I can't remember. Uh, I've one of my favorite entrances in in my Broadway career uh, in the show is sort of a bit of a stunt. I, I get I get shot out of the stage in this thing they call a toaster, um, <laughs> and so that's fun. And it's a bit of a stunt, you know. I, I get I get shot probably about three four f- feet into the air. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I leave like the true. Uh, acrobatics to people that are 
that have spent their lives doing mastering that kind of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting too. The the music and the story of the of this show is so fun, and it's so like it's you know nineteen twenties Hollywood, like the golden age of you know filmmaking, and the music is so great. It's um kind of something like you know we we know you for like Footloose and Jersey Boys and Aida and Next Normal and all this like great like rock music. This is sort of like a jazzier score to it. Yeah. Do you? I mean, it's probably more. It's probably further to the sort of standard musical theater fair than most people are used to hearing me sing. Right. I mean, in the end, look, I st- when I was a kid, I started in musical theater. Uh, uh, I started, you know, doing Oklahoma and Carousel mm-hmm. and Peter Pan and um, Oliver. And uh, so I know how to sing all that stuff. My voice just sounds a certain way. So regardless of whether I'm singing Rent or I'm singing, um, you know, uh, Soliloquy, I'm going to sound like me. Yeah. You know, uh, um and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that people get – I think that people really – in life in general, but especially in, in, in the theater, people love boxes. They love to put people in boxes and really – because it's really hard for people to understand you otherwise. They don't know how to deal with the fact that like, oh, wait a minute. So you do this as well. You know, I was was just talking um, this afternoon with somebody else saying – you know, last year I got the chance to actually play, to do my first Shakespeare. I played Iago yeah. in Othello last year. And, you know, that was this huge moment for me. And it was because of um, of the artistic director out at, at the Pittsburgh Public Playhouse. Um, we sat down and he said, so Jeremy, do you, is this something that you do often? I said, no. And honestly, I don't know why. Because I love it. It's Honestly, if I could get, if I could get paid to do Shakespeare yeah, all exactly. the time, I yeah. would. I think it's the most fun. Um, but... It's really about, I said to him, it's really about putting people, you know, people putting people in boxes and, and, you know, enough people put you in boxes, you, you start to find them for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that being said, this long answer, I just, I love playing. Yeah. So whether it's a rock and roll musical or a, or a standard musical, I sort of approach it the same way. It's like, I'm going to sing these notes and I'm going to sound the way that I sound, um, and and you're either going to enjoy it or not. Really, it's going to be more about me telling you the story, though, than me sounding like what you think. You know, the this person, this style of music, music should sound like. Right. So, um, you know, because if I if I was born in the 20s, I would still sound the same way. You know, I maybe wouldn't be influenced by the Foo Fighters, or I wouldn't be influenced mm-hmm. by you know the Beatles, or or I wouldn't be influenced by these other guys. But there's a certain amount of just. You just sing, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then and you tell the story. That's it. Nobody, nobody says to. Well, I guess maybe they do, but even you know, you start to get into classic theater, and people really think that Shakespeare should sound a certain way, and it doesn't. It's if you're saying the words and you're saying the words the proper way and in the proper order with the proper inflection, it doesn't matter if you have a Southern accent or if you or if you have this like put on British accent or if you just sound like a guy that lives down the block. It really doesn't matter. It's more about telling the story, and if you're telling the story, then people are going to love it. Right. As long as you don't sound shitty. I mean, right. if, exactly. if you sound if you sound like if you have a nice voice, it doesn't matter what you sound like. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, there's, like my, I don't want to hear my parents ever do music theater because <laughs> they're terrible singers. Right. Um, but so yeah, I guess there's, that's a long. That was a long. No, it was beautiful. Question. It was beautiful. What's the? How long? Or how long do we get to have Paramore on Broadway? I, I hope forever. Is it open? It's open ended. It's, it's open ended, and and we have every plan to be here for a long time. Great. Yeah. Uh, you know, our our producers and our our creative staff uh, are are so behind this piece, and they have so much. 
um, love for it. Uh, uh, we, I, I, there, you know, we sat down with with one of our producers yesterday, and we just had a big talk about their plans for how we're going to sell this show and and all of the all of the really exciting things that are coming as far as, you know, because their job is to to do the money and to and to get people in the seats, and our job is to make sure that when they leave the theater, that they go and tell their friends. How yeah, great it yeah, was. of course. So. And they are so they have so much uh, uh, love and heart for this piece, and they have so much uh, they have so much stake uh, at stake. But they really believe in it. So you know, we got really exciting things coming. We got our our cast album is going to be out soon. Wow, and, um, we're really excited about that. And we've got you know we're really excited about sort of getting more people aware of of the stuff that we're doing and 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 of this piece and how great it is and how how much fun it is to be in that audience and to to see this first time that Cirque is taking on sort of a narrative story yeah, yeah. which is really exciting um can we talk about some other stuff you can talk about anything you want i want to talk about sheer madness yes so i'm from boston and i remember seeing sheer madness i just remember seeing that you were going to be in sheer madness on the on the posters and being like oh if that guy's doing it this is going to be a great production of this show oh, thank you yeah and are you hearing that producers <laughs> for real though i was like oh you don't just Get like Jeremy Kushner to do an off Broadway show unless it's going to be amazing. And honestly, the marketing for that show was great. Like the you know the it looked the whatever. I could talk about marketing forever. No, they did a great job. Yeah, marketing totally. Well, what so to, speaking about getting you out of a box? You know, I mean, again, like we know you for musicals. I know you've done you know plays certainly, but this is sort of a different. For anybody who doesn't know, it's kind of like a whodunit that takes place in like a salon and it's interactive and a little improv-y. What made you want to do it? Uh, it honestly, it was a job. Yeah. To be really honest, I mean, it, at the end of, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I definitely ha- am not in a position yet of going. Well, I'm going to take this job and not take <laughs> this job, and I'm going to take this job and not take this job. You sort of like, I think, as any Broadway actor, until you, until you turn into. Um, Christian Borle, and he knows I love him with my whole heart. <laughs> you don't get to do thirteen Broadway shows in one season. Totally. You, know, you, you sort of you, somebody comes and knocks on your door and says, "And you got it." And you say, "And I'll take it." That is such a beautiful, humble response. I love that so much. Well, it's true. It's yeah. totally true. Now that being said, there was I have nothing, uh, nothing but great things to say about doing Shermanis. I had a great time. It was super exciting and fun and silly, and and it definitely allowed me to flex. You know, to be really honest, it prepared me for the job that was you know, the, my next job. It prepared me for doing this, for getting ready, just learning Paramore, because so much of what Sheer Madness was, was thinking on your feet and yeah. making sure that you're totally um, there in every moment, because you never know what's going to happen. And so learning a, learning a Broadway musical in two weeks that you've never heard yeah. of before became sort of like, okay, well, I can do that. I can, I, I, I'm ready to be like... Ready at That's all times. That's so interesting. How how do you like as an actor that sort of interactive uh, off Broadway thing where you're really communicating with the people in the? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I, honestly, uh, I I I loved a lot of it, and and uh, I I don't love a lot of it. I, I'm not a huge huge. Um, you know, it's not not being a fan. It's one of my fears is is being funny one of my fears is so so when you are sort of put on the spot to be funny with and sort of off the cuff it's hard for me you know i'm an actor because i like learning the words and then making them funny you know yeah comedians say funny things actors say things funny <laughs> that's i like that that's yeah and, and i think that you know in the end i'm not a stand-up comedian um uh, that kind of thing scares the ever-loving hell out of me 
um, our friend Ellen yeah. has more of that in her totally. in her in her body in her DNA. That's more in her DNA than it is in mine. Um, that being said, what we do is perform, and what we do is react. And so I, I tried to just look at it as they were just our seventh performer that just hadn't read the script yet and had no idea how the show went. So you just had to respond to them regardless. Wow. Because I've actually worked with a lot of actors that are like that. So um, not in our show, not in Paramore, <laughs> but in other shows I've worked with actors like that. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there was there was certain moments that I that I loved about it and there were certain moments that some days were harder than others. Yeah, to, I to, get that. To, to get yourself up to sort of... Okay, today I'm going to go and improv with 500 people. Okay. Okay. Hey, theater people. Time for our 60-second commercial break for Today Ticks. So interestingly, the week before we did our interview with Jeremy Kushner, he had won the Today Ticks lottery to see Shakespeare in the Park. We're going to use that little story as our commercial this week. And Jeremy said it was okay to do so. Um, you won the lottery yesterday to see uh, Shakespeare in the Park. Is that right? Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Our, I just say this because we are so lucky to have a really fancy sponsor. Today Ticks is our sponsor for this podcast. Oh, they, it's awesome. They make it possible for us to do this. And I, you won it through Today Ticks. Yes. I love Today Ticks. The app is awesome. Yeah. It's so intuitive. And then the people the, and the customer service is amazing. So you, so I, you, know, I, you don't have to get up. And totally. if, uh, although going to the park and waiting in line is is something that I think every New Yorker should do at some point because it's great. You get a coffee and you go there at eight in the morning and seven in the morning if you can pull yourself into yeah. it. <laughs> and you sit down with your coffee and your lunch or your you know and you sit with your friends and you and you wait in line and you get tickets to the show and you go and have dinner and you come back and you see the show out in the in the park and it's gorgeous. But if you are a real human and you can't do that every day. I would just get up in the days that I knew that I had the night off. I would get on my Today Ticks app and swipe and put in for the lottery. And then I just happened to win. That's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, you win. And then they not only, you know, they send you a little thing, but then they also call you to say, like, you know, you're, you've won. Congratulations. So you, this is what you, this is how you go and get the tickets. It's an awesome app. Today Ticks, I love you guys. They're the, the most generous, wonderful uh, uh, company and I, I, I'm a huge proponent. I tell everybody it's the first place I go when I when I'm looking for tickets. That's I'm so happy to hear you say that. Thank totally you, thank true. you, thank you. Yeah, and that. I'm not, and I didn't get anything for saying exactly. that, folks. <laughs> and remember, you guys, download the app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code Theater People at checkout to save twenty bucks on your first purchase. That code is Theater People, which of course is theater with an E R P P L. Okay, now back to the show. Um, can we go way back sure. to Footloose? Go. So I was watching just this morning. Actually, it's I'm, not that far. By it's the not. Way. You're right. <laughs> Jeez. Like it, way back. back. Yes. It's like black. It was like white. right around. Yeah. It was like it was. Yeah, it was right around when they were inventing the wheel. Yeah. Exactly. Fire. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. It was a busy time. Um, you have this great story about like it, literally getting on a. Well, you can you tell the story about? I'm. I know. I was thinking this morning. I'm like, I'm gonna have to ask him to tell this story. No. He's probably been asked to tell this story a billion times. No, no. It's. I, I love telling this story. I love talking about myself. This is my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Um, That's why I just trying to like to try to make sure that I tell it relatively <laughs> with relative brevity. Um, no, I was living in Toronto, and we're t- we talk about you know how you uh, uh, spend a lot of time in this business not working Mm -hmm. you know the majority of your work is trying to get the next job the other stuff is play Uh, you know like being in a show or rehearsing or learning that stuff that's play that's like the that's the work of play this the work comes from like hustling to get your next job or uh, you know being in an audition so I was in Toronto I'd been out of work for a little while and I got a call to 
that if I could be in New York the next day, I had an audition. I could get an audition for this workshop of of, of Footloose, and I didn't know what a workshop was back then. I had no right. idea what what that even meant. So I was like, "Great, that means that they're building a show. That's the first step in building a show. The, the next step, you're in on Broadway." Um, if I knew then what I know now, I never would have gotten on that bus. But oh, really? Oh, God, no. To do a no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe I would have, but we're talking about like I, I had to find you know sixty dollars, borrow sixty bucks from a friend to buy a, a one way bus ticket to New York. Um, got on a got on the bus with a buddy of mine who I convinced to, to call his agent and get an audition too, so I didn't have to go by myself. I'd never been in New York before. Wow, that was your first time to New York. Well, second time, but the, the first time was real brief, and this was the this was like a time where I was going where no one was taking care of me, right? right. Like there was like no one like making sure that I had a hotel or making sure that I was going to arrive at the right place. And this is before cell phones. This is before yep. like Google Maps. Yep. So you show up at a place, and if you don't know where you're going, you're screwed. Especially in New York. Especially in New York. Yeah. Um, and especially as like a kid from Winnipeg, like I don't know, I don't know New York. So um, I got on the bus. We got on the bus. I think it was like a ten o'clock at night. All it's and it was a twelve-hour bus ride. We arrived in New York at ten in the morning. We went to a hotel, the Marriott Marquis, which has great public bathrooms. Yeah, you said that on the Today Show. Which I don't know if they do anymore now. Like they do, they still do. do they? Okay, so that's I know great. as a as a person who like basically lives in the theater district, yes. Good. Well, great they, had, they have great public bathrooms. They've been so we went there and sort of had you know had our little horse bath and 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 washed our faces, and then we actually found a friend of a friend that had an apartment, so we like went over to her place and we were able to sort of sit on the couch for a minute and read through sides, and we went to this audition. And after the audition was done, I had a great audition. It was super fun. Walter Bobby was in the room. AC was in the room. Dean Pitchford and Tom Snow, who wrote, they were, everybody was in the room. Wow. Uh, uh, Michael David was in the room. Um, I walked out of the room and, and, uh, uh, the casting director chased me out in the hall. He said, okay, so where are you staying just in case we want you to come back for a callback? Cause we think we want you to come back. I was like, I'm not staying anywhere. I'm getting on a bus tonight and going home. He's like, no, 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 no. You have to stay. So go somewhere and find a place, find a place near a phone. Again, no cell phone. Right. So you have to go somewhere with, there's a pay phone that you have access to. So you can call in every 10 minutes to find out if they, so I went to this bar down the street. We were, we were auditioning at 890 Broadway, um, which is also where we ended up rehearsing um, the show. Um, so it's right near union square mm-hmm. and there was a great little pub. So we went there and, and had a beer. My, my buddy st- stuck with me while we found out and, and I called in. He's like, okay, so meet me back at eight ninety. I've got a place for you to crash for tonight. We want to see you tomorrow morning. This so, is the casting person. Yeah. So already like my sort of like warning lights are going off. Like what, who's this guy? And they want, where do they want me to stay? And so he was like, okay, I'm babysitting an apartment in my building that you just don't tell anybody that you're staying in this apartment. <laughs> so he's like, here's the keys. I like opened the door and I was like in some random person's apartment that they weren't there. So they still don't know. I mean, I don't oh know. I don't God. know what their name was. I wish that I did so that we could have this moment where I could be like, I stayed in your apartment. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I slept on the couch because I was freaked out. I'd like, was like, this of is course. weird. Like somebody going to come in and like uh, <laughs> kill me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Woke up the next morning, went for the callback and there was Jen Laura Thompson was there and we, we sang through stuff together and read through stuff together and um, walked out of the room. AC walked out after me, said, can you dance? And I said, yeah. And he said, great. And so the casting director came out and said, go catch your bus. We'll talk to your agent. You, you booked it. And then I think, hey, what's the use? Ain't done. 
get on this 12-hour bus ride home by myself, and I can't call anyone to tell them the news. Hang on. They just asked you if you could dance. They didn't dance yeah. you. Oh, yeah. At this point, they were. At this point, I kind of feel like they were really close to just sort of giving up. Like, they, they were like, we don't find anybody that we, that we liked. And I think because I had just taken this bus ride, and I was like, what the... Yeah, f like I don't know what this I don't like I don't know what any of this is and I'm just going to be myself and just be stupid and because I have nothing to lose literally nothing to lose in this moment and I think it sort of was a little bit of the character they were just they were like oh he's yeah he's just sort of like a little bit a little bit cocksure a little bit like overly uh, overly confident in this situation that's kind of like sexy and anti-hero totally it's great so yeah that was it and I went home and then three four weeks later I came back to New York and we did the workshop and then there was about uh, almost a year between the workshop and the and, and the production and that's when I did rent for the first time oh so you got so you did the workshop booked rent on Broadway no no not rent on Broadway oh. rent in Toronto oh, okay and then you came back and did and did the show on Broadway yeah unbelievable how did that change your life I'm here I'm talking yeah. to you right exactly. you know I, I, I you know as an actor in, in Toronto I loved living in Toronto I loved being a, a, an actor I never sort of saw myself as a leading man I never saw my I was like very happy to be an ensemble member doing you know featured stuff every once in a while I thought I was going to make an, an okay living being an actor living in Toronto I didn't have any huge aspirations to move to New York or to be a yeah. Broadway to be on Broadway I, I mean I, I, I wasn't like I never want to be on Broadway <laughs> right. but I just was like I, I, I was not kidding myself thinking that I was going to get on a bus and just move here and try to be an actor. That's incredible. How are we on time? Do we have a few more minutes? Sure. Yeah? Okay. So Jersey Boys, um, Jersey Boys is something that you're really closely associated with. You did it for a really long time, right? Mm-hmm. You did it like, I mean, you did it everywhere. Let me look at my notes. Uh, Chicago, Vegas, the tour which brought you back to Toronto, I believe, mm-hmm. and then on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And you were Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. Was there ever, okay, two questions. Wh- what made you, how do you do something like that that long and keep enjoying it and keep making it like interesting? Well, luck- I mean, luckily in the grand scheme of things it, 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 although there was a lot of companies it wasn't a super huge amount of time oh um, okay it, it, i mean for some people i guess it is it was a couple of years mm-hmm. it was two or three years but i've done shows on the road for two years yeah. you know solid one show um so it wasn't really that that much time but honestly that role to this day i could do that part i love really oh it's, it's you know he it's he's this sort of the bad guy that everybody loves to hate and um i love playing those roles i love playing people that on paper you go that guy's an asshole but when you find their humanity or when you find their uh, what drives them to make them interesting and to make people get past the fact that like yeah that's bad what he just did but i still but i'm interested it's like aj and paramore exactly yeah yeah so it's it's very much uh, an exciting role that way it was great stuff to sing it's such a well-crafted piece um the 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 whole the whole creative stuff you know des it was in his wheelhouse when he made that piece having rick ellis and marshall brickman (laughs) rick ellis and marshall brickman having those guys write this piece and they would say themselves they're like yeah but you can't you can't write these stories these stories are all true we just put them in paper we just wrote them onto the paper yes but they're amazing at, at, at 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 storytelling and they'd have this great music to sing every night. It was super fun. So that was really easy for me to be a part of and to do for so long. And yeah. also, I had spent a good year and a half prior to doing Jersey Boys not working. So it was very easy for me to enjoy being employed. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and be employed in a hit show. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I'm so 
curious to talk about Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. um, because a I love that product. It is literally the first production I ever saw of that show. Wow! Um, and uh, you you were in the ensemble, or you were you were you're I don't I'm such yeah. an idiot. With no, the no, show. it's okay. I, I mean, basically, well. my history with the show was this: uh, I came when they were in Stratford. They they had a couple of people that weren't going to continue on with the show to La Jolla and then to Broadway. Um, so I got a call and said, "Will you come in?" to the ensemble and play this role and, and cover uh, Judas and maybe Jesus and maybe Pilate. And I was like, yeah, I need a job and I want a job. And that if it's a job that's coming to New York, for sure. I just had, you know, I, I just had a baby and it was like, yes, this is definitely something that I will do. Um, it's hard. It, it, you know, again, I, I uh, have huge respect for people that are, um, that are covers that are uh, yeah. that are that are understudies, especially if you're you know in the ensemble. There's nothing wrong with being in the ensemble. It's just not some somewhere that I, that I want to spend any of my time now. Yeah, um, I've I've done my done my time in the ensemble, but it was a job. And again, there are moments in your life where you're like, this is where I this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where the universe is pointing me right now. This is something that I need to do. Um, so I joined the company in Stratford for two weeks. Uh, in the in my in the James the lesser role yes um, and then uh, we went to La Jolla and at the the couple of days before we left for La Jolla uh, uh, um, uh, the gentleman who was playing pilot in Stratford decided that he either he, there was something he just decided that he was going to continue on um, and so they called me and said look Jeremy we'd love you to play pilot in La Jolla. Now this isn't a, this isn't a, uh, an offer to do it on Broadway. Des actually has somebody that he would really like to play it on Broadway. Um, he's just not available right now. It turns out that person was, um, Tom Hewitt, who I love with my whole heart and very, very dear, but he was playing hook in Peter Pan at the time. Uh, yeah. And so he couldn't come to La Jolla. So I was like, sure. And they were like, but we still want you to cover G- Jesus and Judas. I was like, oh, okay. And play pilot. And play pilot. Oh yeah. my god! So at that, at that point in La Jolla, basically they were sort of figuring out what it was to do this show eight times a week because they were coming from Stratford where they were in rep, so they weren't doing the the show eight times a week. They were doing the show three, four times uh-huh. a week, and then doing their other shows. I think Paul was doing. Um, I think actually Paul, both of them were doing um, uh, uh, a play. I don't remember Paul and Josh. Paul and Josh were both doing a play in Stratford, so they were doing musical. Four times a week, play four times a week. That's, wow. So it's in reps. So yeah, you, yeah. You know. Um, so they were like trying to figure out what it was to do an eight show week and whether what whether they wanted to do an eight show week. And you know, this, there's this whole new thing where people do seven show weeks, and right. six show weeks. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion we can get into. But um, so they just started working me in. So I would do pilot six times a week and then do a Judas and do a Jesus. Wow, in Stratford or in La Jolla? In La Jolla. Uh huh. In La Jolla, and there was one week where um, Paul unfortunately got uh, got laryngitis, um, and then the understudy who was on for Paul, who had been understudying him in in Stratford already, had gone on a few times, so they put him on, and then he got sick. So I end up getting thrown on for Jesus without any rehearsal the first time I go on. Uh, were and you then, ready? Sure, of course. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you just do it again. You just do that. You're like, I, there's no choice right now. You are mm-hmm. going to do this job. I had huge support from from all of my co-stars and all of the ensemble. They were amazingly supportive. Um, but then two days after that, it was Josh ended up getting sick. So I was on for Jesus in the matinee. I went on for Judas in the evening show, and then did pilot 
oh. I think the next day. So within <laughs> within 48 hours, I had played the three roles. Wow. Um, and it was, again, look, you get to, when you're the understudy, you get to be the hero and you get mm-hmm. to have those moments of like, everybody's like, yes. But then when you're the understudy, it also, they also, you sort of, then you go back to do your job. And eventually people forget right. the, the heroism unless you keep telling the story <laughs> over and over and over again until it just becomes part of the culture. Um, no, but so it's hard. It's hard yeah. and you, it's fun. But getting to play those three iconic roles was hugely amazing and wonderful and humbling um, because all the people that played them were very talented and, and were very good in the roles. And, and uh, I, I just considered myself lucky to get to play with them yeah did you get to do the roles on broadway as well i played i i i got a chance to perform all the roles on broadway i mean i won't even i won't even burden you with the question because i feel like you've already answered it but you know my my initial thought was like oh my god to understudy both of those roles like how do you even learn them well it's hard i mean it's sort of like it's like if you you know like pull it into something that's a little bit more closer to our generation less to our generation, well, my generation, more to my generation, less to um, maybe other people's, but it's sort of like learning Mark and Roger in right, Rent. Of or, course. You know, it's, they spend almost the entire show together on stage together, just on opposite sides of each other. So right. you know, when I was doing Rent in Toronto, when I was covering Mark and Roger and, and Gordon in Toronto, there was a day when I was on for, I'd done a, a bunch of Marks, and then I went on for Roger for the first time, and I literally was sitting in the wrong spot. I was just sitting like it was in it was in a blackout and I went to my spot where I thought I was supposed to be and the guy was like, Oh oh he's like, Oh, sorry, that's just sort of like moved me over just a little bit. But there's so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like but you also get some really cool perspective. Can we end will you tell us about your movie? Sure. I would love to, yeah. It's a, so my brother uh, is a is a filmmaker. He started out in theater, actually. He he, he was on Broadway with Hairspray um, oh, wow. back in the day. He played Link. Uh, I think he played Link a little bit in New York, but I know that he played it on the road for a while. And then very early on discovered that what he really loved to do was write and direct film and TV. So he has uh, spent the past probably almost decade working on developing his voice and developing the, his his style and uh, he's been very successful as far as making uh, uh, these independent short films and he did a lot of he's done a lot of festival stuff with his shorts and this year he just decided that this was he was done making shorts it was time to make a, a feature length movie and um, he went and sort of went into his little room and closed his door and came out probably a week month a couple of weeks later with this film with this film he sent it to me he said I want you to read this Um it's great. It's a. It's an amazing. Um, it's basically a. The way that he's written, it's basically a play that these two characters, these two guys, are having a discussion about what it is to be a man. What it, what it is, you know, the, the the name of the film is the idea of manhood, and so it's 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 sort of a. Um, my dinner with Andre yeah. sort of feeling as far as the way that these two characters are having a conversation through the film. It takes place over one day. Um, uh, the the producers over at Paramore were amazing um, and 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 gave me you know my, these two weeks to go and and shoot this film. We got it done. We, it's all in the can, and now he's just uh, going to be editing it. So wow! Yeah. So look for us on like he's you know he's on internet. He's on the, he's on the internet. <laughs> I sound like an old person. He's, you know, he's on Instagram and he's on Twitter, and and we've got a web page up. And uh, if you want to learn more about it, come and follow us there, and 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 sort of watch the journey now from from here on in. Amazing, yeah. Jeremy Kushner, you're amazing. I'm so glad we finally got to do this, um, and hopefully we'll get to do it again. Yeah, we'll come see Paramore. We're, yeah. we're going to be here forever, yes. and uh, bring your friends. It's the the cool thing about it is that it's like such a great show for 
everyone. You yeah. know, and I know people say that all the time. But it but is, you can, it's true, though. My kids, my six-year-old and my five-year-old, both came and saw the show, and it's a two-hour show, and if they can sit through a two-hour show and be enwrapped, yeah. ev- everyone can. And it, it really, truly, it is a, the great marriage of like a great show, great music, and like these really insane... Terrifying, wonderful to look at, like acrobatic. Mm-hmm. Everything you expect from a Cirque show. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Bye. Theater People is produced by Theater Podcast Productions with Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. If you have a minute, would you mind heading on over to iTunes and giving us a review? If you've always meant to and you just haven't yet, now's the time. We're just seven reviews short of 400. 400, you guys. How amazing is that? Special thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Today Ticks. Download their app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code again is Theater People, which, of course, is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Bradley Bean, Eric Emsch, our webmaster Keith Allen Herzog, our intern Ricky Condos, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back in one week with the fabulous duo Will Chase and Rob McClure, who are currently starring together in Something Rotten. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Give me strength and maybe then I can reach my fellow men So we all may rise again Thank you, Lord. Amen.